Hi, I'm Rick Bly. I'm Director of Stewardship and Prayer Ministries, and you are listening to a Mississippi Baptist Convention Board production. All right, thanks for clicking play today on the Mississippi Baptist Around the Table podcast. I am Tanner Cade, your Communications Director co-hosting with the John Martin Men's Ministries Director at NBCB. That's right. So you may hear the discussions going on in the background. We are in the middle of the Southern Baptist Convention Exhibit Hall. Uh, We had the option for a quiet room in another area, uh, but we wanted to hear the sounds of the Exhibit Hall more than we wanted to hear the sound of an air conditioner running. So (laughs) you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Mississippi College actually is allowing us to crash their booth and uh, grateful for Mississippi College and uh, all the love that they give to Mississippi Baptist. And uh, don't forget, your kids go free. So That's right. <laughs> Contact <laughs> they admissions. Us what to say with no, that, they didn't. But we wanted to acknowledge that. I <laughs> but, see a bunch of t shirts they're giving away for free. That's yeah, that's I right. See free that's right. right now. Uh, but lots of smiling faces when you get a free t shirt, right? Yeah, thanks to MC always for uh, all of their help for us. Today, we're going to uh, talk to Andrew Hanna, who is a church planner in New Orleans. Uh, but before we do that, Tanner, you're going to give us some events. That's right. I'm just going to scroll through some of these because here we are in the middle of this crowd and I can get easily distracted. <laughs> but we want to make sure you're aware of some things. So June 27th, Heart Song. That's the end of this month. That's a week-long thing for 6th through 12th grade students. Super Summer. We just ordered lanyards, name tags, lots of big stuff. That's hitting the first week of July. Actually, July 10th, second full week there. Smack camps the same week, uh, second week in July. Uh, don't forget about the Worship and Media Conference. That's a Mississippi Worship and Media Conference. will be July 20th and 21st up in Hernando. And then Impact Training is coming up in August. We have five different locations. That was a really awesome event last year across the state. Check that out uh, on our events page. And also Equipping Leaders is a big deal. It's coming up August 18th and 19th at yep. Broadmoor for uh, what? Worship men's, Ministries? No. Men's ministry. I Worship. mean, Women's Ministries. <laughs> Wrong W. <laughs> Women's ministries. And men's ministry, yeah, yeah. So WMU? WMU has a role. Yeah, they do. Yep, yep. They, they brought you in on. Yeah, so day, we right? do men's discipleship stuff. Uh, really excited. we got Steve Sonderman coming, going to do some uh, workshops on how to disciple men, reaching the next generation of men, and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a good time. Yep. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yep. So you can find all the events at NBCB.org slash events. And that's around the corner events. Let's talk about our conversation today. Yeah. Andrew, glad you're here, man. Yeah, glad to be here. This yeah. podcast setup is a lot better than our churches. Um, we have a very, like, low-tech. Um, <laughs> the mixer is, like... It's impressive, isn't it's it? It's impressive. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I've known Andrew a long time. Uh, Andrew's mom got me out of East Central Community College. And, uh, Got you out. Yeah. I went to Six Flags with John Martin. Yeah, that's right. I was right. like seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she kept me out of trouble. She kept me from getting kicked out, and she made sure I passed. So that was two good things. And uh, Andrew's dad as well. You don't know this, but Andrew's dad worked for the uh, Alcoholic Beverage Control. Mm-hmm. For several years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got me out of a speeding ticket one time. There we go. So I owe a lot to these guys. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know this history, John, before we started. Yeah, man. Yeah, no doubt. Tell us about yourself, though, Andrew. Yeah, so my name's Andrew Hanna. I am originally from Mississippi. I'm one of the pastors at Harvest Church. It's a church plant here in New Orleans. Um, We have Harvest launched in 2021, so we are coming up on two years. Mm -hmm. Um, We're great at timing. We actually 
were scheduled to launch the weekend that Ida hit. Um, <laughs> and so my wife's a nurse, so we had to come back to the city anyway. We left, um, I guess, was our two-year-old at the time yeah. in Mississippi, oh, came wow. back, did kind of relief work. Um, the school where we meet at um, didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. So we were going to have our launch service, and we said... <laughs> We've met a lot of people doing relief work and kind of coordinating with um, churches and doing mm-hmm. things. But n- if we're going to do our launch service, we're just going to have to go to the park. Yeah, yeah. And so we did our outdoor service um, in September of 2021. Yeah. And then we've just been uh, trying to be faithful, chugging along since then. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about the church that uh, that really you came out of, yeah. right? Emmanuel. Yeah, and- so... Um, we moved, my wife and I moved from Mississippi right at the week after our honeymoon mm-hmm. um, to New Orleans to pursue theological education. With that, um, I had spent some time overseas mm-hmm. as a, um, doing summer missions in Thailand mainly. And there was a part of us that said, we're open to going to the nations, interested yeah. in that. Um, but through that time overseas, um, also just realized kind of a, more of a, a desire towards pastoral ministry. Yeah, yeah. Be in one place a long time. And so seeing that kind of was like, okay, church planning is where like missions and like pastoral ministry yeah. do kind of intersect. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we didn't know anything about church planning. So when yeah. we came to New Orleans, we said, we should probably try out a church plant because we might hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so we joined Emmanuel Community Church, mm-hmm. which had launched that summer of 16. They had been meeting yeah. publicly for month and a half whenever we joined. Oh, wow, yeah. And yeah. so we joined it, uh, Emmanuel, and we didn't hate it. We loved it. Yeah, yeah. And so we got plugged in. Um, Emmanuel was just super generous with us. So they were a very small church. Um, by the time they sent us out, they only had 60 people. Mm. But they sent 15 members of their church out wow, we to awesome. launch Harvest yeah, yeah. with that while they were in the middle of a building campaign. Yeah, yeah. So like last, yeah. this yesterday, um, this past Sunday was their actually their first time to meet in their new building. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just yeah. really thankful for their generosity, Matthew DeLauder and the other pastors here. Yeah, that's good. Who, just real quick, who, you're, you have a co-pastor, right? There's someone else yes. leading with you. Uh, uh, Connor Hinton. So he's mm-hmm. um, he's the associate dean of students. I think I got his title right <laughs> at, um, at the seminary. He's, yeah. an, he's another yeah. um, Mississippi boy as well. Yeah. So, so, so New Orleans, I, I want to jump into that. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, we're seeing a lot of New Orleans this week. Uh, a lot of Baptists are, but why? Why plant in New Orleans? Kind of a softball question for you there. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we can assume we know why, but I want to hear from you. Why why plant here in New Orleans? Right. Well, one we love the. I love the city. Mm-hmm. My wife and I we love the city. Um, New Orleans has had maybe a lot of negative press with like yeah. crime and different things um, over the past couple of years. But um, I've tried to think about this the best way to articulate it when you love a place you don't like the things that harm that place yeah sure Mm -hmm. that's the same with any person that we know and so we see new orleans as a place with great gospel need yeah Um, it's predominantly catholic and then even people that claim to be catholic are often just like religiously confused yeah one of the stories that kind of sticks out from when we were doing youth ministry at emmanuel is there was this 13 year old girl we met trying to share the gospel with her and hearing her story. So when she was born, um, her grandmother made the mother bathe in absinthe as some sort of ritual to get rid of evil spirits. Mm -hmm. 
She's born, christened in a Catholic church. Yeah. Spent some time in a Baptist church, got baptized there. And when we met her, she was engaged in sort of prosperity gospel kind of church. And so when we started saying Jesus and gospel, those words have been defined so many different ways. And so you're you're pulling the knot of like the tangled Mm. microphone, like headphones in your your pocket whenever you start trying to share the gospel with people. And so there's a great gospel need here. I think some of the stats from NAM were that around 11% of the city actually has like a relationship with Jesus. Wow. Like yeah. describes like their faith that way. Yeah. yeah. So you can al- almost assume almost every person you meet is, isn't a believer. Right. Yeah. And there's not, um, there's a great gospel need. And we just love living here. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Broken place, mm-hmm. but it's home. So That's talk good. a little bit about the particular neighborhood that you guys are in. Because I know you, you've planted your family in mm-hmm. this neighborhood, right? And so I know it also has deep history, yeah. right? So just a little bit about that neighborhood in particular. Yeah, so we live in Treme, or the 6th Ward here. It is the first residential neighborhood behind the quarter. It has the distinction of being the oldest African-American neighborhood in the country. Mm-hmm. So um, French and Spanish slave laws were different than the American slave laws, which were copied after the British. So when you had the original kind of French city, um, there were often free people of color that were either able to buy their freedom um, through manumission or you had people from the Haitian Revolution who came yeah. and came here mm-hmm. and then you even had situations where um, maybe a child of an, a slave owner and a slave sometimes their children weren't considered enslaved depending on the situation oh wow yeah and so they would even get an inheritance the the father would even claim them this was mm-hmm. with the French system and so these people began looking for places to live and they often rented property bought property behind the French Quarter yeah. in this neighborhood named after Claude Tremay. Mm-hmm. And so this, it became kind of a hub of black life yeah. In, yeah. in New Orleans. And so throughout time, you had Homer versus Plessy, the court case that makes separate but equal legal doctrine. Mm-hmm. Homer Plessy is from Tremay. Okay, yeah. He was an insurance salesman there. And then you think about... Um, Princess and the Frog, Tiana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That character's based off of um, Leah Chase, mm. who runs Dookie Chase Restaurant in our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Or she passed away a like, um, year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of just history. It's kind of the hub of the civil rights movement in New Orleans. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, after Katrina, like a lot of the city kind of put in a blender. Everybody moved mm-hmm. and shifted around. But it's a, gr- it's a neighborhood with a lot of history. It is completely normal to hear like brass and like a random second line because it's <laughs> Tuesday yeah, or yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So we, we love living there. We have lived there since 2017. Okay. We moved into an apartment there um, to start like a youth ministry at Emmanuel. Yeah, yeah. And then we bought a house in 2020. Um, when I finished seminary, I actually began teaching at a school in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I coached basketball, okay. taught PE for four years or three and a half years before we planted. Yeah, so yeah. It's really become where we put down our roots. Yeah, that's great. And hearing how your first day was right after the hurricane, like how way to baptize you, yourself in the community <laughs> and stuff. And, and it's interesting for me to reflect on that because a lot of times I think in Sunday mornings in your church environment, when things go really wrong on the Sunday morning, mm-hmm. not to be over spiritual, but it really seems like God is doing ama- amazing work that morning. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, yeah your altar call may be the biggest that morning when you think it's the worst morning. Right. right? And so I'm thinking about your start there as a church. Mm -hmm. Like that was probably really cool to see how God just quickly 
put you in that community and said, all right, it's time to go to work, yeah. right? Is that kind of how you felt and yeah. launching from that? Yeah, I felt as if everything leading up to that moment was, you could see God's hand in it. Mm. So we came back and because I'd worked at the school, I knew the social worker. Okay. And he was calling every parent, like, are you in the city? What do you need? Mm -hmm. What's like your immediate needs? And so we had churches that are partnered with us from Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, the vast majority of our partners are from Mississippi. And they were like, how can we help? So I wasn't just saying bring random things. I was saying we need this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of two weeks leading up to that launch service, we turned the school into a distribution site mm. and there mm. were specific things needed yeah. by students and parents at mm. our school because they were yeah. just, we had truckloads of people from yeah. Mississippi just dropping off stuff and wow. helping out. And so teachers came back to the school and they were helping with our church members. And it was just a, it was a really neat moment because that doesn't happen if you just drop in. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's because mm-hmm. we, the Lord had given us a lot of favor and we had a lot of connections. In yeah, both Mississippi cool. and here. Absolutely. Cool. You know, one of the things I think is neat, Andrew, about your ministry is that, um, so I, I knew Andrew when he was a small boy, but also um, Andrew would uh, come play basketball at the gym at First Baptist Union. And um, and it's interesting to me how you love basketball, mm-hmm. played uh, ba- basketball all your life, I guess. and uh, And now this opportunity of something that somebody may say, Okay, he likes basketball, so what? Right. Right? You know, I mean, so what does that have to do with the ministry that you're doing mm-hmm. now? But it gave you a platform. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and you're meeting guys and getting the coach. And I think that would have to have given you opportunities for the gospel. No, that's 100% right. We ask, like, when we do a membership interview with people at our church who are coming in, one thing we always ask is, what are your gifts and what are your burdens? Yeah. Like what are the, And when you say gifts, I mean even broadly, what do you enjoy doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do yeah, and like yeah. what breaks your heart? If we can find the place where your burdens and your mini- and your gifts intersect, that's where ministry is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. trying to get people, what are the things you're already going to do? Yeah, right. How can you do that in a way that like engages lost people yeah. and gives opportunities for discipleship? Yeah, that's good. During, during our time right here at this table, uh, I've got your back, Andrew. Like, the way we're <laughs> positioned, your back is to the whole exhibit hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to stay focused in the conversation. My ADD mind's getting away from me. <laughs> but just bringing that thought into my next question for you. So the Southern Baptist Convention's here in New mm-hmm. Orleans. Uh, I think we're seeing a record number of registrations uh, for messengers right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the total's going to end up mm-hmm. really being. But you, you've been here for some time in New Orleans. And this was a late switch to come to New Orleans for the convention. What what does this mean, this gathering of Baptists here in New Orleans, mean to you as a local pastor in New Orleans? Yeah, I want people to see the city. Um, I think my biggest burden for New Orleans is for people to see it as not just something to be consumed, mm. but something to contribute to, to oh, produce. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have a lot of um, you know young professionals at our church, young singles, and you know, it's, this is not just the adult playground, right? But this is a place that needs you to come and be like a Christian, yeah, yeah. and love your neighbor by being a good citizen and things. And so I hope um, that the Baptists that come here would would yeah. see that, yeah. would see Christians here doing mm-hmm. that, but also contribute. And then they've had a chance to do that through the serve tour and through the crossover and all the yeah. things that are going on. When we even did a football camp with football coaches from West Point, Mississippi. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. 
partner that go to FBC okay. Starkville. Yeah. So we had like their offensive line coach and a coach from Eupora yeah, come into yeah. a football camp for us, a free football camp in our neighborhood. Yeah. And even saw some people come to church for the first time Sunday because of that. Yeah. So I hope that those sorts of things aren't just happening in our neighborhood, yeah. but with other churches here. Yeah. So you mentioned those uh, those churches, right? You got a few churches that Mississippi in Mississippi mm-hmm. that are helping helping you guys out. And uh, if there's guys listening to the podcast, which there are, there'll be pastors listening. Yeah. And uh, and many of them honestly see New Orleans as that. Let's go down there and consume, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's. What's a way that a church can? invest in what's going on at Harvest Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's those levels of partnership and yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, you may want to even mention some of those churches yeah. that are currently partnering with you guys. Yeah. So we have um, even just this may sound really simple, but we're partnered with Broadmoor and Josh Braddy just showed up at our service. Yeah. And it was just super <laughs> encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Um, like we're in a school and we have just setting up and tearing down chairs. It doesn't look like a Broadmoor Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right? And yeah. They're just kind yeah. of stripped down, and he was just very encouraging. Yeah, um, awesome. Just being, just being there and be like, hey, we believe in what you're doing. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And those sorts of things are really helpful with our partner churches just coming to see us. But we think about partnership in um, with three Ps because Baptist. And <laughs> so right. we want people to um, pray, yeah. to participate, mm-hmm. and provide. Mm-hmm. So it's just pray, give, go. Yeah. But yeah. it's just different. It's alliterated. Yeah. And so we want people to pray for us. I send out a weekly newsletter. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I get text messages from people. How'd this go? Yeah. Because yeah, I read yeah. your I read your actual prayer letter. Yeah. Yeah. And prayer matters because we know pushing back lostness in this city is only going to happen because God does work in people's lives. Sure. Yeah. And I don't want to take that lightly. Yeah. But I know there's... I get a letter from First Baptist Philadelphia mm-hmm. every week with a list of ladies that have prayed for me in the prayer service. They've yeah, signed their yeah, names and said, we prayed for you yeah. on this thing. Awesome. And so yeah. those sorts of things really help. People come and help with different um, events and things mm-hmm. that we do, whether that's a football camp, serving at the school, yeah. um, as we serve community and do outreach. And then people partner financially with us. So yeah. We have a kind of a runway to be self-sustaining by year five. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we're running lean, and yeah. but I mean, if a property comes available or something, I don't know if I'm. If pastors are listening to this, I know this. Churches, it's really hard for a church to get a loan. Yeah, because yeah. they look at the size of your church and your giving history. Mm. Y'all don't have and, one, and church plants don't have a giving history, <laughs> and we don't have many people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at the average income of like yeah. all our twenty-year-olds, and right. you're like, oh yeah. no, yeah, we're not <laughs> giving not you work. a loan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so. We almost had to have cash on hand to buy yeah, anything. Yeah, like a manual yeah. with their building. We had they had partner churches basically sign something saying, We will give this much Yeah. Yeah. For this many years and had to take that to the lender. Yeah. So that they'd say, Oh, you have income right, coming right. from different places and yeah. so we so partner churches like that building on Legion Fields that yeah. they built doesn't happen without mm. the support of partner churches. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And it's the long-term relationships that matter to you, right? Yeah. For any church plant. Like, you need that long-term relationship yeah. with, a, with a supporting church, right? We would want three to five years of somebody saying, hey, we're going to pray for you, come see you. And mm-hmm. then, you know, some people are like, we'll revisit that after three to five years or whatnot. Yeah. But Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Good deal. This is good. And I had a random thought talking about our intro. We are recording here in the MC booth. 
We did go by the William Carey booth just to show y'all some love at William <laughs> Carey. But <laughs> unfortunately, your table was a little bit low, like yeah, it, yeah, more yeah. of a living room setting. It looked great. Yeah. But we couldn't set the microphones on it. So if you're a William right. Carey person listening to this, we love both. Yep. And Blue Mountain, too. <laughs> and I mean, you're going to start throwing names out, dude. We'll be here all day. <laughs> I know. Well, I just want to throw it out there. <laughs> no, so, we're grateful for you, Andrew. Yeah, and so uh, much, grateful Andrew. the Lord's called you here. Funny story. Please. I coached Please. Upward yeah, at yeah. First Baptist while you were there. Did you When really? I was in college. Yeah. yeah. Helped Eric McElhaney. Yeah, um, yeah. Coach Upward. One of my players yeah. showed up at our church with a mustache and said, you coached me in Upward. And I was like, I don't recognize you <laughs> because you have a mustache and you were in fifth grade yeah, when that right. happened. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, Jeff Knight. Really? So he yeah. played Upward. He went to Neshoba Central. Yeah, like, came, yeah. I was just like, I feel old now. Like, That's awesome. My, the way my, you make me feel. Well, yes. My Upward. <laughs> my, I showed up at your church playing <laughs> yeah. basketball. Now people that I coached at church, That's at that awesome, church are man. members of our church. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's cool, cool story. Yeah, That's great. Well, Andrew, thanks for your time. I know yeah. you're busy this week, uh, but I really do appreciate your time and hearing the testimony of what you shared today about your yeah. church. So. How can people contact you? Let's get that out there. What's your uh, What's yeah. your email address? It's, it's andyhanna13 at gmail.com. There you go. And Tanner will put that in the show notes, too. Won't that's you, Tanner? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, folks can man. reach out to you and, yeah, uh, right. and get your email. I get your emails. Yeah. And uh, if nothing else, they can get those emails to be praying for you can You can sign up for that email on our website, harvestchurchnola.com, yeah. under the partner tab. Awesome. Good cool. deal. Thanks so much. That's all we have today. Appreciate you guys. Really do appreciate the time. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Mississippi Baptist Around the Table podcast. My name is Sean Parker, and I serve as the executive director for the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board. We believe the local church is the headquarters for what we do. In fact, our mission is to equip local churches to make disciples in Mississippi and around the world. Church leaders, please know we're praying for each one of you. Thank you for your involvement in Mississippi Baptist life and for your giving to the cooperative program.